This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. Probably Science. to Probably Science. We are back in Los Angeles, back at Bluebell Ranch. Uh, I'm Matt Kirshen, sat on either side of me are Andy Wood. Yes. And Jesse Case. Hello. Uh, we're, we're back in LA. It's nice to be back. It's nice yeah. to be back. We had fun in fun in San Francisco. Well, yeah, but the boys are back in town. If, <laughs> if the boys want to fight, you better let them. <laughs> in that time over at Johnny's place, this chick got up and she slapped Johnny's face. Man, we just fell about the place. If that chick don't want to go, forget her. Forget her. <laughs> forget her. So that all happened. Yes. Uh, Nobody here. You guys are British. You're supposed to be like Thin Lizzy should be your hero. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're Irish. So oh, technically we're okay. at war. Yeah. Our countries when. Uh, mm. Although it's kind of but a one-sided you guys are the war. reason they're so thin. I've always said that about Lizzie. Uh, no? Oh, no, God. that's fair enough. All right. <laughs> We've got a Celtic representative on the other side of the table <laughs> wincing. Uh, we should introduce our guest. Uh, a returning to uh, the show uh, from Scotland, but currently in LA, Wendy Wason. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Thanks for, for being back. back. Thanks for coming, Wendy. Thank you. You missed, you missed all the fun and games in San Francisco. We, we, we did a live show at Sketchfest, which um, thank you everyone who came out to that. That was very cool. Oh, yeah. It was a great, great crowd. Yeah. Um, and we saw Andy swimming. <laughs> Yeah, we took a we, we took a field trip. We took a field trip. We got up early on Sunday morning, well, and how we, early? Okay, okay. Is it not be... cold to go swimming in San Francisco? Oh, there was an indoor pool. Oh, yeah, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I still do. I did still manage to get an ear infection. I've been sick for like a month straight now, and that that swim meet gave me the. But it was worth it. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> What was your take on it, though? I was well, curious we, to hear. Well, we we all we all paid five dollars to go to go I, in. I didn't realize it was going to cost you money to watch me swim. I feel. Oh, no, like. happily support the arts. Okay, the yeah. arts, the swimming arts. I I assumed there would be some sort of bleacher system. I thought so too. I didn't know it was just a pool, yeah. and uh, I mean, it was a big pool. It was a big pool, but it was a sizable university pool. Yeah, but but Matt and I were just hanging out at a pool you and just hanging out on the deck with and the then, swimmers. Yeah, it, hanging it out. Felt with a bit weird because it was basically people in swimming. Costumes ready to swim, yeah, and then us hung over wearing jeans. But you do, you do look better at just like being around. You look like you could be the press or something. I shouldn't lurk anywhere. <laughs> I should not be allowed to lurk. There's something really creepy about two grown men hanging by a swimming pool and not swimming. Well, it, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I have several problems. Like I can't. Uh, I've no, okay. I've noticed this about myself. <laughs> I cannot hit on uh, Asian women. Because I look like I only hit on Asian women, <laughs> which is, oh, isn't on. true, but they sense that about me and won't talk to me. And it was that kind of thing at a pool. Did someone I, tell you that? Maybe they you sense just... that you think that about you. What they sense that I own, they falsely sense that that's what I'm thinking. I, they... you're, if you're worrying about it, that's what you're flagging. What? What is that? If I'm worried about it, that's <laughs> what I'm flagging? If you're fear. worrying about it, that's how you look. That's what you're projecting onto the people you talk to. You would agree that I look like the type of guy that can just hang out at a pool? No. <laughs> How do we make the leap from hitting on Asian women to the kind of I guy that creepy. hangs out? Okay. I'm a creepy looking guy. Creepy. I'm a creepy looking guy. I don't think you guy. look creepy. Really? Yeah. I'm not chatting you up and I'm not Asian. No, so no, I know good. you're not chatting me up, but we've already and we've, but we've also already talked a bit. So try to take that out of it. Pretend okay. we haven't talked. Pretend you don't know I'm a great, awesome, uh, just warm person. Uh, let's say that... Uh, stop touching me, though. But let's say that... <laughs> let's, I'll stop touching you if you stop touching me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But let's say... 
you know, you're having a bath. I walk by the window. Now, <laughs> nature, I'm probably going to have a little bit of an issue with that one. Yeah. If it's a big bath and there's lots of other people in it, like, say, a swimming pool, I might not have such an issue with that. The flip side of that is Brad Pitt walks by the window and you're having a bath. Also, he becomes creepy yeah. because he's looking in your window. It's just uh, yeah, and call. my bath is on the second floor as well. So <laughs> yeah, well, I, I clear- what is he doing up there? Brad Pitt has so many skills. You knew levitation was one of them. Yeah, I clearly gave a terrible example. I'm a creepy looking guy. It was weird for me to be at this pool. That's what I'm saying. But, but it was great fun. We cheered everyone on. I, I just thought... <laughs> you cheered everyone on. I thought... It I was cheered. a meet that had all ages. There were people in their 80s okay. at this meet. Was that, was, pretty- that was kind of... That was actually quite nice to see. Like That was of- great. People in their 80s kind of going, no, I'm still going to enter a race. It's, it's a sport you can do. You know, it's a lifetime <laughs> and the, sport. And the different heats are done by, by oh, so like... It was a whole swimming gala thing, Yeah, it? Yeah, it, was, oh, it wow. took eight hold, hours. Whole deal. The whole thing. Eight hours. So we got there for Andy's what second race. What stroke were you doing? <laughs> Doggy paddle. <laughs> I was in the water for a total of less than two minutes for the whole day. <laughs> Speedy, <laughs> <laughs> but I did lose. And in that time, he ra- he I... managed to swim over a thousand meters. Yep, new record. Um, yeah. And the, the most frustrating thing was there was that guy who was standing near us. I, I didn't realize who was a former Stanford swimmer, and I think he only graduated last year. And he was you know one of the best in the country. So even out of shape, he was. I think he beat me by four or five seconds in the hundred free, which is a massive amount of time. We saw we saw your one race where you slipped and you were very cross with yourself. Ugh, yeah, you slipped on the blocks. Well, I but they said something about your lane right before they started because I saw you look over at them. Uh, oh no! But they said that I, I didn't get on the blocks when I was supposed to. Like, you're, are you supposed to? Uh, usually, you can't have your toes on the edge of the blocks until they say take your mark. But these people won't say take your mark until at least one foot has toes over the edge. Well, I saw everyone get on the blocks and then I heard something about like, we're lane eight. And yeah, you, you look did, over I and go like, done what? That. And then the gun goes off. No, I, then I then I realized it and I put my toes where they were supposed to be. But then, yeah, it was a slippery block. Then the Stanford guy told me you could have brought a towel with you and put it over the blocks to give yourself more traction. That was allowed. This is very boring. This is very inside swimming, you guys. This is, uh... <laughs> do you do a lot of swimming? Because no. quite serious. I, he used to at uh, college. Oh, right, okay. I did in college, but I have, I've been to two practices in the last 13 years, and those were both two weeks ago. And then also, I got a cold. And, uh... I don't mean to nitpick, but you promised us fully shaved. I, I, and oh, because of my illness, I was like, I'm not going to shave and then lose. I know I'm going to lose because I'm not in shape because I got sick. I've got lots of so excuses. You needed something to hang on, did you? If only you had all that hair, it wouldn't have dragged you down. Yeah. <laughs> also, quit saying you're not in shape. The body issues it gives me when you say you're not in no, shape. No, no, no. I'm not in swimming shape. I'm not trying to, I'm not fishing. It's just, I'm just it's saying, just I, brutal. I haven't swum since college. I love this. This feels like being out with the girls. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. It is. If only I had D-fuzz, that would be not much better. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Guys, I've just been feeling a little bit less than a trap. I, uh, I I purposely didn't shave my legs before going to San Francisco so I wouldn't be tempted to swim. Shaved your legs, Matt. Have I? Yeah, I had to for a play once. What? what? Wait, wait, wait. What play was that? It was the one that, woman. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was just a nighttime thing that I did every so often. Was, no, I did that 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 play that James Campbell wrote in Edinburgh. Me and Carrie were in in oh, Edinburgh, yes. two thousand and six. And we played. And I can't remember, it was like six years ago now, I can't remember the full premise, but yeah, the, you saw it, right? The whole yeah. premise was like sort of adults who'd been kept back at school for like 15 years and we had to, I can't remember exactly why, but somewhere in the thing we had to have hairless legs. So, I, <laughs> so for the whole of the Edinburgh Festival 2006, I was... I had I Most was hairless. People were in, are in the bar, but Matt was in the shower shaving. I was I was out I was out at Boots buying late night Veep. <laughs> what do you find Veep? the hardest is part? Of... Is Veep not the vice president? <laughs> yes, it is. I love the late night vice presidents. It's the best way to get clean. 
the knees are hard, right? Yeah. The knees are very difficult. I, I can't. The back of the knees. Yeah, I've always found the, the back of the yeah. knees are difficult. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was a. Uh, here, there, I'm okay. Mm. See, I was I was shaving for theatrical effect rather than a. Uh, Speed rather than speed, so yeah, I, right, I, yeah. I I allowed myself the odd like it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the most perfect. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad those years are behind me of having to do that. Wow. So there we go. Better to take, take, take that turn. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, Jesse's the only person at the table who hasn't shaved his legs. Or I, I, have, I have. Okay. I absolutely, <laughs> I've totally have. And and just because I'm weird. <laughs> it's like not. You know, I wish it was like I had to play. I had to swim. No, I was literally like I was 17. I was weird. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just playing along with the creepy nah, thing. Just give him a shave. Oh, yeah, I did it. That's great. That's great. <laughs> did you cut yourself? What? I mean, oh, no. not the times. Okay. No, what? I, I don't know why that was bizarre, but I, was, I remember when afterwards, I first time yeah. I shaved my yeah, legs. Yeah, afterwards I, go, I cut myself. I cut my, not, not your wrists, but <laughs> then your actual legs during the shave. No, no, I didn't. Did I ever show you guys the video? But it also it was, same, it was a half-assed job. It was the same as Matt. It was like, oh, that's interesting. I think I, I did a few strips or something. Were you listening to like Pink Floyd, The Wall? Did you also shave your eyebrows? No, was, never did no, the eyebrows. It was nothing ceremonial. It wasn't like... No, okay. no, it was nothing like that. Um, Dude, I was a weird... I mean, we've, we've discussed my adolescent years. Just we've a, all just a our, mess. <laughs> Total mess. A lot of buttons. I had a lot of buttons. A lot of buttons? Yeah, oh, I wore no. a lot of buttons. Oh, you mean buttons in the badge sense, in the in the American bu- sense? Bu- buttons and badges, yeah. Okay. Co- covering. See, I know they're probably like bands and stuff, but I'm just picturing like Applebee's suspenders with like... <laughs> oh, my flare? Yeah. <laughs> my flare. Yeah, it was all Applebee's. Um, all Applebee's. No, just covering a variety of issues that are very important. Changing minds, awesome. man. Yeah. You got a black flag one, I'm assuming? No, I was never into black flag. Oh, really? Still don't like them. I don't either, but... Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a right. little bit of housekeeping we before we get started. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, who who do we have to thank, Andy? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were kicking it off. Okay, no, uh, Adam Emanon sent a sort of cryptic series of donations. Yeah, this was weird because like I still don't know exactly what it was. He he sent three separate donations uh, through probably science.com through the PayPal account, uh, which was very nice of him. And the first amount was basically the same as pi. Uh, and so, and then the, the other two were kind of close to two other mathematical constants, but weren't quite. So I sort of mm-hmm. went, "Were you doing a math thing there?" And, and then he replied, "Nope, I just sent one donation for each of the guests, uh, in, in each of the hosts rather, according to a ratio." And then explained it no further. So he he values one of us at pi and the other two Wait, of us. At okay, less. so he is applying a value system to us. He is somehow, yeah. and I don't know whether he's, I don't know what he's doing, I don't know whether he's counted up the number of episodes that we're individually in and divided, I didn't have time oh, to work no, that No, it couldn't be that. It, it may well be, be who he's most likely to kill. <laughs> it could be that. Not, not to put a diner on thing. No, no. I'm only, okay. I'm only kidding. Take all the digits. you're only going to be killed by someone you know. Well, no, no sure. now that we've talked about him, we're sort of, <laughs> and they're also going to be the same race, same gender. Right? What? Is that a thing? Is yeah. that a statistical serial killer thing? thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kill your own race and you're... And In your own gender. Really? Yeah. Uh, wait, no, no, no. Serial no, maybe killers, not, no, your no, no, not your own gender. But your own a race. A lot of time your own gender, though. I think, feel like most serial killers are men who kill women, aren't they? Well, let's talk about uh, Gacy, only Dahmer. Only movies. I think, oh, okay. I think it's your own gender a lot of times. But yeah. then, but then there's the Ted Bundy element. I don't know about the gender. Dennis Nilsson, who was my old neighbor, was men on men. Man, oh man. What, mm. You were neighbors with a serial killer? Uh, yeah, completely. know it at the time. At completely different times. But, um, <laughs> I was because they always say he kept himself to himself. Yeah. Any neighbors that don't talk to me, I'm like, it's a fucking serial, serial killer. killer. Right. <laughs> um, I, uh, I used to live uh, in a big shared house of comedians in London, which we've talked about before on the show. Yeah. Uh, and it was on Cranley Gardens in North London. And that's one of those famous addresses. 
It's wow. like one of those famous streets in uh The house came on the market recently though. I think you can actually look it up. It did, yeah, yeah. It was at, it was at completely the other end of the street and the murders happened about fifteen years before we ever lived there. Wow. But Are there pilgrimages? He, like do assholes make pilgrimages there? I don't to, know. Uh, I don't know if it's I, I I'm sure there are some like serial killer enthusiasts who right. check it off the map, but uh serial killer enthusiasts. Oh yeah, that's a real thing. I know Is people it? who are that, and they're good people. But I'm like, come on, this can't be a thing that you're into because it's I'm, not cool. I'm kind of worried because I was looking. Who's the really handsome one that used to affect a, an American? That the American serial killer. That Ted, used to Ted Bundy was, was pretty Bundy, good looking. Yeah. And yeah. he used to affect a limp, and like girls would be really attracted. Oh yeah, to yeah, yeah, that's yeah. him. Yeah, and, yeah uh, Bundy. And I was kind of looking at the pictures, going shit, because my, I, you, you worry as a mother if if there's any signs. You know when 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 someone becomes like. To, turns out to be a serial killer sure you always think there must have been something in their childhood right. where their parents went hang on a minute that's a bit weird like you know well normally their parents were the ones like molesting them and causing that well sometimes right? but sometimes there's, a, like, there's so know, many ingredients but then so there's signs like you know torturing torturing, torturing animals, animals when they're yeah. younger yeah. sure sure well, the other, other week there we, uh, we went for for lunch at a friend's house and what they'd done was they'd um they bought a piglet and they'd reared it and fed it with apples and lots of delicious stuff because apparently it really affects the meat and they'd kill the pig and we were all going to have it for lunch yeah so i explained this to the children because i think it's good to, for them to know where where their food comes from and i said to max who's nine um sarah and phil have caught this pig and they've reared it and they've killed it and now we're going to eat it and i watched it process in his head and uh. he went ah oh, i'd quite like to kill a pig <laughs> wow yeah I was just so like, oh my god, is this one of those things? When he's like sure. 28, I'm going to go, do you remember that time? <laughs> he yep. said he wanted to kill a pig. Should have put a damper on that one at that point. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Should have yep. gone. Should have uh, maybe switched to tofu around then. and just. But then again, maybe veggie. that's just a butcher origin story. You know, like butchers aren't bad people. Yeah, right? he'll, he'll either be a serial killer or just work on the meat counter at a yeah. supermarket. Yeah. It'll be okay. I, I'm hoping there's like other options in between. <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope Sorry. No, that's it. One nope. or the other. Yep. No, I think it's pretty <laughs> much pretty much pyramiding deal, down to those. It? Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I, it is interesting, those interviews. They always, uh, he kept doing, I just had no idea. Yeah. And I would love, if anyone near, Andy, if anyone near our house ever turns out to be a serial killer, we have to go on the news and be like, yeah, I think we knew. We knew. <laughs> uh, we, we, we were pretty sure. The signs, the signs were obvious. <laughs> the signs were there from the start. It's, yeah, always. We kept, the, we kept, profile, <laughs> the profile of who he attacked, you'd be there going, I just don't understand because I fit the bill, but he just didn't go for me. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like Sandusky started like a foundation. I mean, he didn't kill, but you know, it's like, and then John Wayne Gacy was entertaining the kids as a clown. Like, mm-hmm. it's always, th- that stuff is the biggest well, sign Well, Nielsen, who was too much. Our neighbor was, a, he was, I think he was, a, he was a fairly loner type, loner yeah. character. And then the neighbors finally found out when the, the drains got blocked up and it was with oh. bones. Oh, my God. And then he, um, between that being reported and the police showing up, he sort of got rid of the human bones and put, like, chicken bones in there. Wow. And, and they Pretty showed smart. up and he was like, oh, no, it's just chicken bones in there. And then they sort of did a bit more fishing and was like, ah, oh, there's some human bones in there as well. And he's like, ah, you got me. Human chickens. <laughs> kill people. What kind yeah. of species? <laughs> I like the, the idea of fishing for bones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I would have kept it going and been like, you found a chicken person? <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of missing link? Like, I, know a, I know a scientist guy and uh, <laughs> right. you, you could get a Nobel Prize for this one. It keeps getting more outrageous <laughs> when he has to come up well, with it. you're just trying to develop the first man chicken. <laughs> this is where the Micken got its start. You, uh, you watch uh, Kids in the Hole? Well, that's, uh, how, we that's how every serial killer gets caught, is that they forget to clean the crawl space, 
and oh, or something like that. The smell the underneath right? John Wayne Gacy's for a person well, who doesn't like people who are enthusiasts, I do know too much about. That, well, that's, some of these. that's how he yes. got caught because what, he buried all the kids thing? under the floorboards in his house. And he so what oh happened? This, and I find they do this, want to keep trophies, don't I, they? That's I find the thing. this fascinating. Yeah. Is he uh, two? They started suspecting him, so two cops were tailing him everywhere. Uh-huh. And he noticed they're always parked in front of his house. So eventually, he just goes out and he's like, "Hey, I know you have to follow me." But I'm I'm a good guy. Do you want coffee? Do you, you know, and he winds up making friends with the police officers. Oh, no, I'd fall and they're having straight away. And they're having dinner with them, and they're they're eating dinner with them sometimes and stuff. And they're playing it's poker straight together. Out of a Twilight Zone episode or something. Yeah, and then one of the cops goes to take a piss, and his heat comes on, and he notices the smell from the crawl space, oh. and his and his partner's still in the other room eating with him. Like what a weird Silence of the Lambs moment. Oh my god! When you realize you're in the guy's house. Yeah. And this is before phones where you can't like text your friend. Like, yeah, you yeah. can't text like a. Stand up and walk slowly away from the table. Right. He just had to come back and say, hey, Phil, uh, how would you how would you get out of that? Someone should make that move. Well, I mean. Hey, no. let's uh, play. Uh, let's play a, ha- let's play a game where we handcuff each other to. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> let's let's any of us could go first, but I feel like. Uh, John, why don't you, John, why don't you just, just do that? Yo, you handcuff yourself to the thing. I will back away from you for a bit. And then. And then we'll do it. <laughs> uh, um. You see, I'm too scared. I've got such an active imagination. I don't like reading up about serial killers. I hear about them, but I try not to look up because when, like, if I'm on my own in the house with the kids, I don't hear a floorboard creak. Yeah. I hear like murder. I'm mad axeman. Right. Yeah. So I just and the scariest thing is. Are there ever any sane axemen? <laughs> it's just like you could be a good axeman. Yeah. You know, he might be a misunderstood. Yingbei Malstream, uh, <laughs> just, just, just the guy who just it's arrives okay. at the, like at midnight, just go like at your door and lightning's behind him. He's like, ah, just made you some firewood. You look yeah, cold. You look a bit. It's, it's a bit chilly. I'm just a friendly neighborhood. What a lovely axeman. <laughs> But it's so scary. The kids get up in the middle of the night and they go, Mommy, I heard a noise. And you're like, Don't worry, there's nothing wrong. And inside you're going, Fuck! Well, mommy's just going downstairs to check. And like in your head thinking, Mommy's not sure she's bugging going back up. Wow. Let's, well, play, if it's, uh, if it's let's a... play a fun game where we sleep in, in circles back to back. Well, if it's a pig, your kid will fucking take care of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, really. Just with his teeth. <laughs> just hope you get attacked by pigs. Stop that. It might happen. Oh, God. Wow. Kids going feral as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> You've been gone for half an hour. I, I love feral kids. Yeah. Our all of our mutual our mutual friend Jeff has a feral. Just his daughter's completely feral. <laughs> what does that mean? They just never read like a parenting book. Now they have a feral it's like kid. Two inch long fingernails and it's yeah, really weird. Matted hair. <laughs> it's we're, we'll talk you're, about it you're after. Calling her it. It that yeah. We have a friend that has like a feral. kid. I don't know which friend this. We shouldn't does say it. Just it no, we'll talk face. about it afterwards. I did edit out the mention of. Uh, of an unmentionable person last week. I hope I did. Oh, no, I listened to the episode. Okay. I listened okay. to the episode. Um, By the way, I feel like yes, we, we've been way yes. too long without science. We I, well, uh, well, also, we've got a few more people we need to thank as we well. Do. We do, we do. Um, we got a donation from um, Jason Ground of Florida. Um, let's see. So, thank you, Jason. Thank you very much for that. Again, this is people donating via probablyscience.com. Um, that money helps to go support things like our new mixer, new which mixer. is uh, overkill. It might be overkill. It's a, it it's, it's like the 24 I, I went channel. I it up today and it's, it took up most of the back of my car. Yeah. Well, actually, we already talked about a new mixer, but that one we returned and we got an even new better mixer. one. We got an just even better big. mixer. <laughs> Sounds like a bit of my lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessary. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for donating. Uh, it is much appreciated. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else since our last show. If there is, we'll get you on the next episode. Apologies for that. Um, but yeah, we should get into some science. And actually, those donations that were in those denominations that were close to E and Pi kind of dovetail into a story that, that Matt found that I thought was pretty interesting. Okay. Oh, we're going to kick off with that. Yeah, there was a... Math. 
there's a nice story, and it also kind of corresponds with. Um, we'll be talking about this in a later show, but you might have remembered I I went in an MRI uh, scanner yeah. a couple of weeks ago while I. Um, Ori Amir had me in an MRI scanner trying to think of jokes while my brain got scanned. I've got that brain oh. scan now. I'm going to put that on the. I'll put that on our site. I'll put some of the pictures from that. Uh, but here's another experiment using the same uh, equipment. Uh, mathematicians were shown ugly and beautiful equations while in a brain scanner at University College London. Um, and it's it turns out so they they put them in the scanner and they showed them various dif- different equations that had been rated by other mathematicians as either really elegant, beautiful equations or kind of ugly and messy ones. And it turns out the really beautiful equations trigger the same parts in the mathematicians' brains as get triggered in regular people when they listen to uh, beautiful music or appreciate uh, really amazing art, uh, which is kind of cool. Like, I, I like that a lot as someone who studied math. And again, um, my knowledge of it is fairly shaky nowadays, but I, I definitely remember things one of the things that appealed to me when I was starting to learn the subject and starting to get interested in sort of beyond high school level math was um, just really some of the more beautiful equations, some of the more beautiful proofs. Uh, the one that I, th- I think the most famous one is the Euler's identity, which is um, e to the i pi plus one equals zero, which is just... That's all- crazy. That, it, that is, that is the most amazing equation of all time. Yeah, it's almost a freakishly... Perfect. I mean, Euler was one of the all-time great mathematicians, and a lot of his results were remarkable and beautiful. But this is one of the all-time great. Wait, what? What is it again? So e, it it you, turns out e uh, raised to the power of e i times pi plus one equals zero. So e to the power of i pi equals one. minus one. So you can rearrange it to e to the i pi mi- plus one equals zero. Um, what, so that's e is the base of the natural logarithm. Is what's Euler. i pi? I is the is the square root of negative one. It's the basic imaginary number. Okay. And and pi is pi, as we all know. Like the ratio of i pi with my little i. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's a new apple but if you it equals zero e to the but i x e to the i anything is equal to cosine of that thing plus sine of that thing. So if you do cosine pi plus sine pi, the sine yeah. is. I zero. went to first grade, Andy. And- <laughs> you don't have to talk down to me. <laughs> so- I- so it's an ama- it's an amazing formula because it it effectively it relates five of the most fundamental mathematical constants and each of those numbers just constantly pops up in sure. mathematics. It in just, things you wouldn't think are related. I mean, yeah, pi they, is just the ratio of a circle circumference to a diameter, and it, and it just appears everywhere in mathematics yeah. and in physics and in in world. But um, e is totally unrelated. It's about the way things grow when their growth is based on some initial condition and then and then a constant percentage like it's and then it, i being the square root of minus it one be. I, it, it, the fact that it all works out and that gets rated as possibly the most beautiful uh it is equation. so when you see that equation what's, what's, what's going what's it's, happening it's, in your it's brain. what you hear it's the same thing happens as when you hear the song wrecking ball by miley cyrus it triggers that much awesomeness that <laughs> that so when i hear Sorry. when i hear wrecking ball <laughs> When Matt, so when Matt looks at that equation, and then I hear "Wrecking Ball," I can't even look. That's yeah. That's yeah. What if, he we, feels. if we were both it to is. do that at the same time, Matt and I would both have similar sort of similar brain patterns, sort of spasming. Yeah. yeah, and that's what they found in, in this in this study. And it, and then other equations which um, uh, uglier, which were considered uglier. So um, the ones in the study they used um, Ramanujan, who we've mentioned several times on the show now. Here's a. Uh, some visit infinite series I've and found his equations pretty, oh, they're pretty, pretty hideous. Brutal. Pretty hideous. They're creepy. Yeah, they're what a, they are. Yeah, they are. But that's again the thing. Ramanujan was such a Frumpy. freakish genius that his some of the things he came up with were just 
like it's amazing to see because you're like how did you ever work out that that is a way of reaching that mm-hmm. because butter-faced bullshit is what it is i don't, I don't <laughs> need to i don't need to look at those equations so you get is there a dopamine release then when you get excited by an equation because i, I was reading about that this 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 week i i don't know i did, that wasn't they didn't study any uh, blood levels or anything but i'd imagine whatever whatever the same things are that get triggered in the body as well it whatever the same physiological things wow. um and th- there was a related story as well that i i uh because at the same time, this week, there was also um, a mathematical proof, and this is sort of the very opposite of the equation, um, one of the ugliest pieces of mathematics. Sure. Uh, it's a computer proof of a theorem, which I, d- I don't really know much about, but um, I don't really know exactly how computer proofs work. Yeah, I don't, I don't really either. But this is a... We're doing a science podcast, you guys. I mean, I, I kind of... We don't like, know what we're talking about. Like, I know, for example, the four-color theorem, which you get was proved initially using computers and the four color the theorems map thing the four color theorems are lovely again one of those really easily stated ideas but it turns out the proof of it's a bitch the four color theorem is just states that in any map uh if you want to color in a map so that there's no two countries bordering each other that are colored in the same color mm-hmm. um in any you, map you could possibly create that you just need a maximum of four colors joining oh, really? okay. you can always if you have four different colors, you can, you can always it. color in any map so that there's no two colors that are bordering each other. Even if See, one I of the think... things on it has a, a, a thousand things bordering it, sure, doesn't yeah, any map you can make. Yeah, there's a, but it's Does a that proof. Mean you can mix colors. Mm, wait. No, <laughs> like, just looking for loopholes. Oh, okay, <laughs> start with a palette of four dabs of red and yellow. Make orange. Yeah, I think I think you know what I'm talking about. I, uh, <laughs> I love the suggestive additive colors, huh? <laughs> I think you guys loophole. Uh, <laughs> big fan of the loophole. <laughs> so no, with only four, let's say four wax. I've dabbled crayons. in some uh, primary mixology. <laughs> you'll find. I think you'll find that. Don't I... get me started on purple. So, so this is a. Uh, this is a theorem. Um, it was. It's called the Erdős uh, discrepancy problem. This is Paul Erdős, who is a. Mm. Again, this is someone else that we mentioned on the show a while yeah, ago. He was yeah. like the archetypal. He's he he died a few years ago, but he's sort of the archetypal crazy mathematician. Mathematician. He's sort of what you'd imagine in the eccentric. Yeah, he he used to. Um, he was effectively homeless in that he basically lived in a series in of home. universities around the world. He'd just go from go from university to university, just show up with his one suitcase, knock on the door of the math department and, and say, my brain is at your disposal. And, cool. And he's, I like that. Yeah, he's great. And he, he co-authored a ludicrous number of papers. Most of his work was collaborative. So most mathematicians now have um, an Erdish number, which is like the maths world version of the Kevin, Kevin Bacon, Bacon number. number. Wow. Uh, so it's how many collaborations you need oh, to go through. Didn't Simon Singh mention that in the Simpsons book? I, I, he quite likely did. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's a couple of people who have Erdish Bacon numbers, like people who've... Yeah, that's what he mentioned in the book, because some people in the Simpsons staff have the highest Erdish Bacon numbers. Or the lowest, rather, yeah. Or the lowest, because yeah. they, they're close through Hollywood stuff to Kevin Bacon and also close as mathematicians to... Uh... Yeah, that would be it. So he, he proposed this theory, and it was about the... Um, it was related to... Uh, a random infinite sequence of numbers containing nothing but ones and minus ones. And it was all about the uh, how many internal patterns there are. And one way to measure this, according to this New Scientist article, was to cut the infinite sequence off at a certain point and create these finite subsequences within that sequence, uh, such as considering only every third or fourth number. 
Um, adding up the numbers in the subsequence gives a figure called the discrepancy, uh, which adds as a, me- a measure of the structure of the subsequence, and in turn, the infinite sequence is compared with the uniform ideal. Are we all with us? No? Cool. Uh, Uh, Not not following at all. So Edish's theorem basically is that for any infinite sequence, it would always be possible to find a finite subsequence summing to a larger number uh, than any you choose, but he couldn't prove it. And that has now been proved. um, It has now been proved, but using computers, and the proof proof of it uh, is bigger than all of Wikipedia. So it's a you ten. See, I think proofs are just such. I don't want to see all the working. I my my higher maths, which well, is you like could never see all the working. Maths, <laughs> it's I impossible. I passed the circle question, but failed writing out the circle proof because my brain just went. Do you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> well, imagine if you had to read through thirteen gigabytes of data. That's 30, how much alarming. Yeah. So this is the thing. So this is like right at the other end of the scale. This is possibly the ugliest. Like as far as, from a mathematician's point of view, this is sort of the least elegant solution so to this. So this, this is like my brain when it hears like Beethoven or something. Yeah, yeah. As like what is to, this? As opposed to wrecking ball, just spewing out numbers. Yeah, just what are you even trying to do to me? But then, how did you even go about? I mean, most proofs have to stand up to the rigor of people reading them and double checking. So how would, it's a thirteen gigabyte? Well, it took is, the computer six hours to generate. It's bigger than Wikipedia, which is according to this article only ten gigabytes if you downloaded the whole so, thing. So this is Gil Kalai of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem uh, says human checking isn't necessary for proof to stand. Uh, he says. um... I'm not concerned by the fact that no human mathematician can check this because we can check it with other computer approaches. Uh, if a computer program using a different method comes up with the same result, then the proof is likely right. Uh, it still seems incredibly unsatisfying compared to... Yeah, I mean, it's not like you'll have the moment of seeing where it all connects in the proof. You're not yeah, going to read through... There's sort of no aha moment. So. It's just like heavy crunching of data. And but that's, so the, the, the theorem is that if you have a random infinite series of ones and minus ones, which you would think sort of average out to zero, still you can always find some subset of those in a row that will add up to as big a number as you could possibly ever want. As it, Wendy and Jesse are both <laughs> like they're checking out. I'm just trying to, now I'm trying to like say it back to myself, see yeah, if I understand cards, it. cards, Jesse. <laughs> well, like, that's not yeah, that crazy. Yeah, some cards. Uh, that's not I'm that really crazy of a concept. That's There's not that crazy a concept. That. And it turns out it's very hard. It's, again, I guess prove, one of those. So there could be a run where, even though it's plus ones and minus ones picked at random, there could still be a run where if you picked, you know, uh, a few million of those in a row, it would uh, it, the the sum would be over a million and well, not close well, to zero. Infinitely and then infinitely random. Right. So of course, there's going to be. Random I, I, I don't. I don't think that's that, that difficult of a concept. I guess it's hard to prove. I mean, intuitively, it does make sense. There's going to be fluctuations in times when, like, you flip if you flip a coin. My well, brother, my, my brother teaches math, and he has students do this sometimes when he talks about statistics. He has them flip a coin a ton of times and try to predict what they think. Or no, I'm sorry, write down uh, the patterns, right. and then has them also make some handmade, quote unquote, random heads and tails patterns. They just write without actually flipping the coin, and then look at them and try to guess which ones were from coin flips. And the ones that are from coin flips never look like they're from coin flips because there will be random times when you'll have like five heads in a row. Yeah, well, we discussed the human the human brain is very bad at working out what is really random. Like with iPod Shuffle, they had to put in an extra. They had to change the algorithm a bit so it isn't as random looks more random to us yeah the, the ipod shuffle if if it was truly random you'd get things like six songs by the same artist coming up in a row sometimes right. and then you'd get annoyed you go this isn't doing random where actually it is 
So they actually made it less random to make our brains think That's that it's more start random. Trying to look for meaning where it just doesn't exist. Yeah, well, the, the human, which is, is the root of a lot the, of pseudoscience. Okay, there's no time to bring up your marriage, but I think, <laughs> listen. <laughs> No, I, I, I How think. How do you know? You've been playing with your ring. You're touching Jesse. All night, <laughs> yeah, like, you leave my ring out of this black cursor. <laughs> well, no, I, I think when you're dealing with infinity, doesn't ratio no longer exists when you're dealing with infinity? Uh, in terms of what? I mean, ra- ratio. Well, what I'm saying. Okay. Um, I guess an example would be if the uni- let hypothetically, if the universe was infinite, completely infinite. Mm-hmm. And one out of one billion planets has life on it. Then an infinite number of planets has life on it. Um, except there's not. I think we're getting in, into physics rather than mathematics there. But the universe no, I, being um, there's a difference between the universe being infinitely big and having an infinite, infinite amount mass. of matter within it. And well, but, an infinite number okay, of, yeah, okay. But if so it I did used have a shitty mass. example, uh, okay. I, I used, but it's the same. But yeah, if you're talking about yeah. the sort of law, yeah, the I lore used of, I used an example that's making your science brain go fact check it. But let's say you have an infinite yeah. amount of balloons, infinite balloons. Yeah, they're yeah. all blue except one out of a hundred are red. You have an infinite amount of red balloons. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And in fact, the Sean Carroll episode of the show when he started talking about the Boltzmann, the Boltzmann brain, I just, I was thinking which that, yeah. was uh, this again. I think it blew all of our minds it's and made it made our heads hurt. But it was the idea that it was the idea that once was it toward, at the end of the universe. Once matter is just once everything is once everything has spread out, entropy has gotten to the point that like there's no planets, there's no stars. Like it looks like everything's empty. There's tiny, tiny amounts of mass still like spread infinitely thin. There's almost You're saying no, like over an infinite amount of time, every combination of matter things will and still energy. randomly a couple of those will come together, those subatomic particles, and form an atom, and then a couple of those will randomly come together. So randomly. Uh, this entire world will come together maybe just for an instant just because of the time that passes. But he's saying that, not that that will happen, but that, that, that the fact that that might happen and that we'd never know if we're living in the world that we think has taken billions of years to get here versus the world that just started two seconds ago and implanted all our brains with these memories just as a random thing that's going to happen eventually. Sure. The fact that we are pretty sure that's not the case. I, I re-listened to the episode because I didn't get it until I listened to our episode twice. I think he was saying... Yeah, That's kind of a proof that the universe will not exist for all time, because if it were to exist for all time, then we'd have no escape from the, the inevitability that, like, given there will be infinite number of times this exact thing will be happening, there's probably no chance. So we're in the one... Sort of a reductio proof, like, hey, yeah. if the universe does exist infinitely, then this crazy thing will happen, but it shouldn't happen, so it probably isn't. Yeah, we would have no way of knowing. It'd be infinitely unlikely for this world, for this experience we're having to be the result of all the things we think created this world and this backyard and that dog. Like, But yeah, listen back to that episode because it hurt crazy. our heads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all is, about Sean it. Carroll this is episode. how Miley wrote bangers, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> a conversation like this. Oh, we're full circle. Um, should, we, should we go, let's get out of like hard mathematics. And, it, uh, by the way, that's episode 78 if anybody wants to go back. Uh, Probablyscience.com well, and find that episode with Dr. Sean Carroll. I guess what, the thing I wanted to know is... Um, the that that first study that you were talking about that says mathematicians like you know sort of get off a little bit when they see like a beautiful equation uh-huh. what the way it affects them uh, doesn't everyone just have different things that affect them that way yeah and I'm sure they do and I'm sure every it's, if you hear a beautifully written joke that's yeah a great I, example I think I think that would actually be an interesting similar study I, I'm sure if you. If you, like if, you took Wendy's, brain. if you took Wendy's son and and showed him a pig being butchered, Stop. like the same part of the brain is <laughs> going to go. Perfect, yeah, perfect yeah. butchering. I'm going to squirrely at your feet <laughs> like, if this happens. Yeah, like a perfect a really butchering clean. of a pig. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I think- always think if I got the same thrill out of getting an A that I get when I've got a new pair of shoes on, I'd be way more successful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. But again, again, like someone who's uh, like a fashion designer shown an amazing like shown a really amazing new design of dress or whatever i'm sure it would trigger you're right i'm sure it would trigger those yeah, things i, I don't think this is unique to mathematicians no it's saying. not but what's what's interesting is just it's it was the part of the brain that specifically deals with beauty and artistic beauty that gets triggered well you'd think oh. it'd be some kind of hard analytical thing and not the creative but, but when yeah but yeah. when those mathematicians saw those things it was that hmm. it was it was specifically the, the artistic beauty evaluating bit of the brain that that was okay that lit up that's cool well as well as I'm sure, obviously, the other bits that work out what. Sure. Hey, which one's the 10% of the brain that you use? <laughs> <laughs> which one? The which front one's... half. I don't know. <laughs> the front 10? What's that 10%? Well, yeah. the frontal loves all about like, like, sort of figuring out what's going to happen in the future, isn't it? It's like being able to predict. <laughs> that's where, like, you know, that's I mean, where precognition sits. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the front, yeah. frontal bit. I mean, what's going to yeah. happen based on experience rather than. Because like, that's why like, dogs have got no idea what's about to happen next because they don't have that. I, do, I, I yeah. see. I'm, I'm actually really bad with all the regions. I always forget. I know the amygdala is the weird lizard shit that's all of your base instincts. I know the, the prefrontal cortex is like the highest, is the highest level, like most, you know, most mammalian, most like most human. Yeah. I always think it's underdeveloped in people like and like quite a lot of sportsmen because they they always get caught cheating on their wives. <laughs> so it's almost like they can't see what's going to happen here. The rest of the world knows how this situation is going to pan out. So like the testosterone raging through. Maybe if you hadn't read, run head first into you know your opponent so many times, you well, might see, have sort of looked no, after but this your was this, this was the infinite principle that I was talking about. You know, these guys have basically banged an infinite amount of escorts. So if they get caught one out of a thousand times, it's that's, just, it's that's more yeah. than you're going to get caught. It's a caught. pretty low ratio of getting caught, really. Do you, so you think it's, it's not that they're not thinking get... through their actions? They've just it's just a, a probability game. It's a probability game. <laughs> <It's a> probab- <laughs> like someone... So Tiger had like a million mistresses and seven of them Well, so, what, No, caught. with someone like Tiger you, Woods... I'd like to see that, 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 that question at school. If Tiger Woods <laughs> fucks 15 girls an hour... <laughs> like if I got caught as much as Tiger got caught for like infidelity I would never get caught <laughs> oh I see because, because the opportunity it would be less than it'd be less than what the ratio would be less than one person so it would round down to zero like well, he no, gets I caught one percent of the time I just mean if if he gets caught I feel like anyone at this table could cheat a thousand times and not get caught oh god no that's it's how much hardest. Tiger cheated not that I've done it I'm just saying <laughs> like the, I, when I hear about these stories I'm like I'd, how do these guys I'd not I'd fall because I just tell everyone <laughs> I'm not brilliant at keeping something no no myself. no I know I know this is I'm not the first one to say this but like I can't imagine how those people could just not be so stressed out by what you have to like mentally juggle to you try to like famous as well like how do you how do you keep how do you check into a hotel so with someone difficult. who isn't your wife when you're one of the most famous people in the world like yeah. that's tricky, right? But yeah. on the upside, at least like any other woman that thinks their husband might be cheating, at least famous women, the women married to famous men, know because it's actually in the papers and it's you know the right. facts are there to read. Yeah, yeah. Whereas most women kind of go, well, maybe is he it? Did he? But like, I can't even imagine like just times when I've been dating more than one person, not like no no lying happening. I'm not cheating sure, on sure. anybody, but just like even forgetting which thing you did with which person <laughs> is like, oh, this I is the worst. I still want my husband, but that no, I didn't see that film with you. It must have been someone else. Yeah, he's yeah. Stricken <laughs> look in his face. My favorite is you... when someone knew. Joins Viber, and my husband like doesn't delete anyone. He's got everyone's phone what's, number. What's Viber? Viber is that an English thing? Viber is where you like can you get voice, free calls over... and free texts yeah. on your iPhone. Okay. Oh, I don't it'll have... say it'll come through and say with Wi-Fi only, or does it work through? 
Uh, it must I don't be, think. Right? No, I think it works with 3G. I think oh, it works right. like you're all signing up to Viber. So, but um, what happens is it goes through your phone book and it says someone like, "Your ex-girlfriend's just joined Viber, Matt. Why not send a text and have a chat or have a chat?" <laughs> and when that text comes through to my husband, he looks at the phone and you can see that horrible, "Oh fuck! No, I haven't done anything. I'm safe. I'm safe." I'm safe. <laughs> But that's that that world we live in now of like you, mm. you're able to look like I found my first kiss when I was 13 on Facebook. I, I shouldn't be able to do like that. Like the video. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, think about the marriages that are destroyed because people sit around and being like, "Oh, what if?" And now you can actually act on it because of social media and everyone's so uh, findable. Yeah, let's not go down this rabbit hole. Sorry, it's not I mean, science, but like no, it is. A bu- no, I've read articles think, about it. It's a bummer. Like, no, it's, it, I just it happens. Think the, uh, yeah, you can you can. You can find all kinds of crazy shit. I used to find it bizarre. You know what's really bizarre? My, my ex I was married before. My ex-husband moved on much quicker than I did. And on Facebook, Facebook's a brilliant example of this because it'll now say, let's call her, um, you know, it said my ex-husband's name is now in a relationship with whatever. Samantha. I didn't, I didn't want to unfriend him because I thought that might look petty. Divorce was fine, but right, right. unfriending <laughs> on Facebook might be a step yeah, this too is, far. This is Facebook. But do you know what I mean? Let's be and adults. Then, I can go through then, a court case yeah. and... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Engage like lawyers, but... But also it says, like, five of your friends are now friends with shiny new Samantha. Ten of your friends. So you can actually right. see her infiltrating your friend sex. <laughs> mm, I know. Um, well. I tell you what I wanted to tell you guys. There's something quite significant happened in my life yesterday. Well, maybe not in, in my life. I went to Glasgow University. Do you happen to know who they elected as their new rector? Of Glasgow uh, University? I do not know. Wait, should we, is it someone we could guess, possibly, if we think about it? Um, is it someone sciencey? Is it someone famous in Scottish? No, it, it's not. Maybe not a sciencey, computery. Um, um, um. Bill Gates. <laughs> Do you know, rectors are the same over here as they are in the UK, aren't they? It's like the highest academic office that the students elect. Oh, okay. No, I, well, wait. No, like, students. Kind of like not, a dean, but like. But you have a president who's like a board elected person who's running that. the thing. You it's have just that, but a, then you have someone that's like the, the, the students kind of get. I think behind. it's called the it chancellor be, as well in some universities. Is it? Well, yeah, in or, Glasgow, it's the, the, the rector, so it can be okay. like a, a sort of a. a so it's like a figurehead. A figurehead. But student elected. Yeah, student like. elected. We elected Edward Snowden. What? As our rector. I didn't hear that. That's. It happened ridiculous. yesterday. Well, it happened to today but you know yesterday back and he's not there he doesn't live there he's not allowed to is he he's he's stuck in Russia (laughs) did you is he at the games is he at the Olympics (laughs) hopefully he can at least go go, go do some Russian touristy stuff as long as he's under I think I I I would it's extraordinary I don't know how his campaign went and was he even a technical (laughs) I don't even know the story of what what he did to find the information was it even like impressive technically no I I think there's more information that came out recently in the last there's been a couple more recent revelations about because he he originally denied having done anything other than just taking the information that was already coming to his computer with his clearance. Yeah. Yeah. And now it looks like he might have got some stuff that he shouldn't have had as well, but... Um, well, apparently he had. A, he, he seemed to have access to, to, to information that he shouldn't have had access to. Like yeah, like the like, Glasgow yeah. University voting system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That was extraordinary that I get an email from my old university saying, and the new rector is... What? Wow. <laughs> it's just, and everyone who attended the university, past and present, is now on the CIA watch list. So enjoy. <laughs> well, you might get a few more listeners on your podcast. <laughs> oh, Snowden. Yeah. They just don't show up. <laughs> it's, just, it's been downloaded, but we can't work out where it's going to. It keeps going to different relays. Um, there's, there, there was a story um, that we covered a few weeks ago that there's a follow-up to. Oh, yeah. Um, it was interesting. Um, it sounded too good to be true. It sounded a bit too good to be true, and it might be too good to yeah. be true. There was a stem cell story. Oh, you guys uh, talking about the, the lion, the MGM lion? <laughs> <laughs> who killed his trainer? 
Do you guys hear the next day? Kill this chance. <laughs> the after, next day? After that roar. Yeah. I can't believe that. I <laughs> seems, literally seems can't unlikely. believe no, that. No, it was crazy. This one's been crazy. debunked. Uh, well, it hasn't been debunked. It's still, it's still up in the air. But um, we covered a story a few weeks ago where it turned out a new, surprisingly easy way to produce stem cells, which involved uh, using acid to stimulate uh, non-stem cells. And cre- it created stem cells, which is... Which is huge. Like, if it is, if it can be done, that's huge because stem cells are so useful in so many branches of new medicine, and an easier way to produce them would be massive. Um, what there's a couple of problems with the research. Um, firstly, no one has yet been able to successfully reproduce it, uh, which is an absolute core necessity for science. Uh, and also, there's been so there's no proof that it can be done. There seems, um, and also one of the papers. Uh, about it, some blogs reported that there were issues with two of the images in it, where it looked like two of the Im- the images looked like they were repeated but just upside down, which seems like something I would have done mm. at a school project. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and you'll fun. also see here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, there's there's some potential problems, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bullshit. But it might be. So we're not certain that my backyard embryo farm is a waste. Well, I mean, your backyard embryo farm has definite uses. Other uses. Yeah, okay. other uses. As long yeah. as it's not going to, as long as all this work wasn't As a tourist attraction. Yeah. No, I, f- I feel like our embryo farm is perfectly legit. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it's working. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't broke. You know, as they say, <laughs> yeah. If an embryo farm ain't broke. If you have an embryo farm, it is broke. <laughs> it's inherently broke. After, when, when I was... Um, had my set my third baby they gave me the option they, they asked if i'd want to um mm-hmm. take stem cells from the placenta does that sound right yeah, yeah. that's where yeah that's what i'm sorry that's I, don't know enough about it. I looked into it but um the the storage costs for storing stem cells annually are so to as, a, as an actor and comedian i looked at the cost <laughs> and went i'd love to do this but i just financially cannot afford what, what, what kind of are they ballpark figure like i think it was about Four grand a year, which doesn't sound like that much, but in terms of that's a lot of money for something. It's a lot of money for something that, that, you, that you're not sure what happened. But then, and you're course, not even sure whether it's going to gets, be necessary. Gets or any illness that could be helped by stem cells? You're kind of going. It's hard to know though. Like it's really hard to know. Firstly, whether that's going to be a thing that's necessary. Secondly, a lot of the things that stem cells are being used to are being are starting to be used to treat or like find out where they can treat them are things that come on when you're quite old like you know yeah. things like alzheimer's and and by the time your kid is that age you're talking you're like, hoping that science, science would live for you. But many decades later the go, science i've spent you know a hundred grand storing your stem cells and now it's outdated it's like I don't, yeah. you know, it's the equivalent of buying the betamax right, right. Do, do, <laughs> do, which is a shocker but um we've laid away this uh game then, boy but for- then there's a weird thing, the weird thing that i find like because i kept keep, keep getting sent these things but you know you send up to an email once you've had a baby or you know when, when you've had kids and they sort of email you through the latest sort of discoveries or whatever mm. and they've discovered that women that have more than th- like three babies or more the um the cells the brain cells of their children are often within their system so when you the, 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 they mix because obviously well, when you create a human you're the, you're the food goes through the placenta and they reckon the bloodstreams right 
Um, and also it, it um, reduces Alzheimer's because there's more... In you. In you. In it reduces the risk of Alzheimer's because there's other brain cells in your brain. Oh, so you're kind of parasitically feeding off of this child that Isn't you're... Isn't that alarming? So it <laughs> yeah. feeds off me for nine months, but on the upside... You're getting some good fresh brain cells. Mommy's going to have brains. better memory. Brains. <laughs> so don't tell me I don't brains. remember your third birthday. I remember. I remember with your brain cells. <laughs> Wow. You remember, and I remember through it. So yeah, little little bright side at the end of the uh, at the end of the skank rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> the skank rainbow. You're talking about the miracle of life. What are you talking so about? Lining at the end what of being about a... three children. What's going yeah. on? Jeez, no, that's great. Three times. That's gonna get some listeners. Three right children. <laughs> this is Jesse's character, the guy who disapproves of more than two children. It's the guy that doesn't know about protection. What do you got for us, Jesse? You got a story? <laughs> Jesus, man. I don't know. First of all, and let's back up. Uh, obviously joking about all that. I, uh, yeah, a little under the weather. Have a cold. It's okay. I, I think have a cold. I've given it to you. And it's, um, it's just really affecting. I've, been, I've just been very out of it. So um, Apparently if you swallow semen, that can be very good for colds. <laughs> If what, if what There's a high proportion of zinc in semen that's good for staving off cold. Okay, <laughs> so uh, what story do we have? Uh, Did you guys know the most primitive animals may have thrived in water that contained almost no oxygen? Almost no oxygen? Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, the findings suggest that the rise of animals could have created our modern oxygen-rich oceans rather than oxygen-rich oceans triggering the rise of animals. Oh, the hunter has become the hunted. Yes, yes. Yes, the student has become the master. (laughs) Turning the tables on oxygen. (laughs) Um, So sponges, similar to the world's first animals, can survive in water containing extremely low levels of oxygen. And uh, the finding challenges the standard view that the evolution of animals was delayed by a lack of sufficient oxygen for them to breathe and fits with the theory that the first animals may have helped raise oxygen levels, uh-huh. which is basically just rewording all the first thing <laughs> that I just said. So that's great. Great writing. Um, is this the chicken and the egg? But the chicken and the egg theory. It kind of is. Yeah. It's yeah. A little bit. A little bit around. Um, so Daniel Mills of the University of Southern Denmark. Uh, and his colleagues. Southern Denmark, that's a good one. Northern Denmark's the one that annoys me. <laughs> oh, yeah, Northern yeah. Denmark, they're all about, yeah, you, oh, you, know, you don't want to trust any studies from them. Nah, you don't want any of that. But <laughs> the Southern's rotten up there. I find the Southern hey, Denmark. Nice. Uh, uh, that's very good. Yep, I find the, yep, I find the Southern Denmark uh, stories are quite good. Um, they collected breadcrumb sponges, um, which Halachondria pan- panacea, I believe. Sure. Um, from oxygenated waters in a Danish fjord, which. I, f- I thought all waters, all Danish waters are fjord waters, <laughs> correct? <laughs> I don't know what the... <laughs> yeah. At night, they get into a little fjord to clean themselves. Yeah, yes. I assumed... And they drink glasses of fjord. Yeah. How uh, can a country have its own word for a body of water? You know what I mean? That is cocky. Like a bay is a bay everywhere, but no, we've got fjords. Oh, like in the Bay Area. Is that where that came from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have to say, that. we have lochs. We have its own... Oh, that's that's a good point, actually, Scott. Sorry, you we guys like have no lakes in Scotland. <laughs> no lakes in Scotland. Just is, there, is there any but difference between still. a loch and a lake, or is it nah. just the Scottish word for lake? It's just the Scottish word for lake. But we might serious? still call them lakes. I mean, as Americans, but if you're water. traveling to a fjord, like the lake you're going to that, that makes my true. teeth itch. <laughs> what makes your teeth itch? What? Someone just pronouncing the word loch lake wrong. Ness. It's lake like someone going fjord. I think I don't know. I don't know. Sure. Makes me feel weird. Hmm. So anyhow, they uh, collected some of those breadcrumb sponges from the Danish from a Danish fjord, and yeah. they kept them in an aquarium and gradually removed the oxygen. And even with 200 times less oxygen than is currently found in the atmosphere, the sponges survived until the end of the study, 10 days after the oxygen levels finished dropping. So if they can live with that little, they thought early animals probably could too. 
Um, now, there are a lot of researchers, sort of consenting voices here, mm-hmm. in the, uh, you know, I find the Danish science community is always... A bunch at, of yes men. At war with itself. <laughs> oh, okay. Go um, <laughs> the opposite way on that one. Um, there are so many researchers who contend that animals could not have arisen until oxygen levels became relatively high. Um, and this is this is coming from Mills, who says this. But his results, you'll find, challenge hmm. that. So Mills throwing down the gauntlet <laughs> and saying, yeah, we we pretty much discovered these uh, breadcrumb sponge... Uh, there was some like head shaking and finger snapping. It was a little bit. There was some head shaking. Um, so... One reason the early oceans were poor in oxygen may have been because they were full of dead microbial matter, which consumes oxygen as it rots. Um, some geologists now think that animals like sponges fed on this dead matter, helping to clear the water of it, and this allowed oxygen levels to rise and trigger the evolution of more complex animals that need more oxygen. Um, and the, these, the results of, of Mills' study also, uh, also fit with genetic evidence, uh, says William Martin at the University of Dusseldorf, Germany. Although animal fossils appear only about 600 million years ago, around when the oceans became fully oxygenated, animal DNA today is so genetically diverse that the first animals must have evolved at least 100 million years earlier when there was a lot less oxygen. Well. So the sponges clean (laughs) up A little bit of proof of Jesus, if you ask me. That's amazing. Sponges, yeah. Sponges clean up the ocean and now they clean up us. Oh, now they clean up oh. our dishes. Yeah, ah, full circle. Uh, I think my sponges. favorite fight this morning was my my two year old saying to my husband, "Look, Daddy, it's SpongeBob," and him shouting, "No, it's a sponge." <laughs> it's just, it's <laughs> you know, we just get really fucked up at kids. It's a fucking sponge. It's a normal wow. sponge. This spo- this is a non celebrity <laughs> common or garden. Couldn't you have just gone the like mall Santa route with it and been like, "Well, <laughs> there SpongeBob can't be everywhere. This is like <laughs> yeah. the sponge the helpers of SpongeBob." Yeah, exactly. So One of SpongeBob's little helpers. So you're only here for another week. Yeah. You live here now. No, no, no. I'm here for two, two, two months. Okay, so your family is here with you. Yes. Well, I feel awful for the things I've said. <laughs> what is the proximity really? for family Why? effect? What do you I don't know. I thought I you were just... I can call you a whore unless your children are with you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought they you They were... can sense it. They're, they're Irish. <laughs> <laughs> they have... Scottish. Scottish. Damn it. What did I just say? Oh. It's all right. We're counting. No, no, no. no. The, well, I, the little the Irish one is don't half have... Northern Irish. The little one is, yeah, he's a big drinker. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I find that fascinating about the, about the oceans, though. I... I, I I don't that's get astonishing. The fact that they said, like, so if you have something that's starting to dump more oxygen into the water, then everything else is going to evolve to need oxygen. But then by that logic, shouldn't it be like this constant cycle where, like, the fact that lots of oxygen consuming animals expel carbon dioxide, sure. shouldn't we be starting to, like, see some shift where we're getting more organisms that need carbon dioxide? And then we'll go in this, like, well, I think, I think sine wave. I mean, it of kind the, of is the case. Like, as. The oceans do shift. Well, as the, also as the atmosphere changes, and as as the makeup of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere changes, and yeah. like pl- other pl- like plants and microbes and animals and so on will start to adapt. Um, like it's been well, pointed plants out, already do. I mean, yeah, most, like it's been pointed out before. Global warming and climate change and everything like that uh, doesn't mean the end of the earth or the end of the planet yeah. it just is just going to fuck it's us up well my, my, my <laughs> father just... is an environmental engineer and he um, talks quite a lot about the hysteria over global warning he, he gets on his you know how parents know everything about right. everything 
And and I, you know, I mean, he's got a bit more basis than I do. I was say, well, he's also, that's his field. Yeah, so he's like, also put some put some time in. Yeah. But he like brings up the sort of the ice age and and and, and, and how the earth changes and how it all survives. It's just it's just. But he's suggesting we are impacting He reckons it, right? that um, that you know we'll adapt ways to, to live with whatever happens to the planet. We will, but the, I mean, like in the mm. meantime, in the long term, we will. But in the meantime, why not try like, to stop yeah, affecting yeah, it? Yeah, things yeah, and it's often the poorest and the least. Day. Like able to deal with it, parts of the world that get mm. hit Shaft, the hardest, yeah, like got, by got, drought and by floods and so on. I got friends what in Portland. London. Everyone's going to be Yeah, you know, they're just along the tent. Chelsea's really. Like, Chelsea gets hit Brian hardest. Adams lived. Brian Adams' house has got battered by storms. Oh, really? My heart. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brian Adams. Is that what, did, did that make the news that Cheney Brian Adams. Cheney Walk, yeah. Cheney Walk got thumped by storms on the Thames. This is a very ge- geographically specific no, chat. No, no, Sorry no. about that. I'm just trying to add up. So you, we've had, uh, what have we had? We've had a pretty woman reference. We've had Thin Lizzy. Shakespeare. We've had Shakespeare. Brian Adams. Brian Adams. This is the Brian Adams we know and love, right? This yeah. is the Canadian. Canadian born. Brian Adams. Canadian born. Yeah. Brian no, Britain Adams. had its own Brian Adams as well. Oh. <laughs> it's never quite as successful. <laughs> well, I had dinner. I had dinner. But at he also wants once, us actually. to love him. Really? Why did you have dinner at Brian Adams? Because house? a friend of mine hosted Terence Higgins Trust is a, a trust that raises raises money for AIDS research, and uh-huh. they picked like sort of they got various different celebs to host dinners. And a friend of mine's a model, and she she said, oh, "I'm going to have dinner for Terence Higgins Trust, and all the money that that you know." It, that, that that is raised from that dinner goes to the trust, and mm-hmm. so she said, "I'm going to have it at my friend's house." And I've got some friends that sort of, I try to sort of keep most of my friends as poor as I am, but I've got the odd one that's really wealthy and successful. Sure. Yeah, me yeah. Feel, that makes me feel bad, but also sort of spurs me on to achieve more. And um, she invited me to this house, and it was Cheney Walk, and I went, and it's like kind of like old on the outside, but all super modern on the inside. You know, when you open the door, and it's all like right. walls have been knocked away, and it's lots of um, polished concrete, and I'm sitting there, and there's. Brian Adams and he was like welcome oh. to the house and I was kind of like oh my god so you didn't get a tip off in the way, like by the way you're going to walk straight into Brian Adams so be prepared well I didn't think she, she you're she, never prepared I'm to sure meet Brian Adams I'm sure she just Adams, didn't want me to Matthew. be a dick you're never prepared <laughs> now did the thoughts go through your mind upon meeting him the same as like a mathematician would feel when they see a beautiful <laughs> math equation he's quite small I thought he yeah I don't know why I, I assume like sort of very famous people are going to be big well, he's also one of Everyone the... always thinks the famous will be taller than they are, bigger. Is that, yeah. Is because that, they're presented yeah. to you in that way, and, and yeah. I, I don't know if our brains are ready for... I think it's that. also that people shoot, like... He was very nice and very lovely, but he was not sort of... You, you, you don't put... If you're shooting, like, an actor who's five foot two, you don't put the camera at my eye level. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so then if I'm meeting Tom Cruise, I'm like, oh, no, I'm looking down like, at Vince you. Vaughn is huge. Yeah, there's there's some, but you know, cameras, they have tripods where the camera can yeah. just meet the actor at their yeah. eye level. So you're always seeing them as if but they're I think your eye. Maybe Brian Adams gets shot in those cameras. You know how they didn't build a full size Hogwarts? They built, a sort of, <laughs> <laughs> they built a little Hogwarts and they shot it with a small camera so that it looked vast. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Adams is also, I think, isn't it one of the least famous, recognizable <laughs> people of that level? Like for someone who. Yeah, for, like, I think there's there's been at least one story of him. I thought he was a figure having... skater for years. <laughs> I think there is a figure skater though, isn't there? Boitano. That's yeah. Boitano. Yeah. Okay. But there's been there's been I remember at least one story of him failing like having an argument because he wasn't let into his own concert because <laughs> they didn't. I like those stories. Because for someone who's like he, for someone who's as successful, I mean, obviously people know what he looks like, but I'm googling him someone, just to make sure I do. <laughs> yeah, but for someone who sold that many millions, yeah. 
And he was at number one forever with that song from Robin Hood, wasn't he? Yeah. Have you ever not, I was once not yeah. recognised in Edinburgh because the guy, the, the kid, I, I, you pay a team to sort of flyer your shows, and I'd got this, and I, I do what every comic does is pick the photograph of my flyer and my posters that makes me look the best, rather than the one that looks like me. I'm not like an idiot. Um, so I um, was going into my show and I picked this one that made me look like um, uh, Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's, mm-hmm. and this guy flyered my show and he's like, "Come see Wendy Wason." I was like, "I am Wendy Wason," and he went, "Fuck off." Oh. <laughs> I was like, no, really? And I had to get my credit card out and show him. Oh, Look, read the name. It says Wendy Wayson. Oh, brutal. So grim. Brutal. <laughs> wow. What did he say? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, but I guess you'll be coming to the show now, so I don't... Do you still want the flyer, or should I... Just... So I said, I'll give it to someone else. I'll give it to someone else. <laughs> uh, do we have time for another story? Sure. Uh, this this so. a story that was sent in by two different listeners. Sorry, uh, there were a couple of other listeners sent in stories that we didn't get a chance to get to, um, but we appreciate them hugely. Uh, probablyscience at gmail.com or tweet us at probablyscience if you have mm-hmm. them. But um, two different listeners, Julian Alberto and Christopher Kelly, both sent in the story about uh, fusion, nuclear fusion uh, development, um, where it looks like uh, a $5 billion laser complex has now achieved a step that, makes, uh, that revives optimism that... Th- thermonuclear fusion uh, might one day be harnessed for energy. Like, fusion is the most efficient uh, or the most energy-producing process that we're aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess aside from, like, an- aside from, like, antimatter and matter combining. Sure, but sure. Um, And nuclear power is, like, one of the most efficient, isn't it? Mu- nu- nuclear power is hugely efficient if it runs well, but most... Like, but so far, the Pacific that's affected by the um, Japanese earthquake. But all all nuclear power at the moment on Earth is nuclear fission, which is a different process. That's nuclear fission is splitting large, unstable atoms into two smaller, more stable atoms, and that gives off energy because there's because there's a discrepancy in mass when that happens. There's a slight discrepancy in mass, and that mass gets released as energy. Quantity equals mc squared, and that's what gets used. Okay. And that's what gets captured and then turned into energy that we can use. Uh, nuclear fusion is the combination of hydrogen atoms together to make heli- to make a helium atom. That's what happens in the center of the sun, and all stars, in fact. And that pr- that gives off energy at a far greater rate, but no one has yet managed to make it happen in a, without putting in more energy than we need. Like, we've made fusion happen... Uh, in uncontrolled ways, like mm-hmm. there's fusion bombs have worked, but that's not very practical for yeah. powering homes. Uh, is, and we've made there... fusion happen by using lasers that end up using more energy than uh, than they actually give out. But now, finally, for the first time, more energy has come out than they've put in. Have we found a way to harness the power of the smile of a child? <laughs> is, is that... Yeah. The, uh, uh, to warm someone's heart. Yes, Unfortunately, it can only warm hearts at the moment. No other body parts. Mm. <laughs> there was an article about, like, um, harness... Like, the gases given off from landfill, fill, if they pack it in a certain way, that creates methane that can be used for energy. There's a... I think... Yeah, I think they've done that at some... Have they done that already? They've done that. And, and there's certain places... I think it might have been Denmark, actually, that's actually buying... Garbage for landfill. To oh create... yeah, 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 yeah! I heard something about that. My 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 grasp of the facts is pretty basic, so forgive me. But it, I, it sounds legit. They, I think that it's going to be a Scandinavian country that are buying garbage uh, no, in order to, to create. But yeah, that's great. Like, and, and basically, we need any any and all of these things, like any of these things. But if if they can eventually fundamentally get nuclear fusion to work, 
in a way that is controlled and doesn't require an immense amount of energy to actually start the process and then then you effectively have abundant energy like it's mm-hmm. so at the moment it's just too unpredictable that it will blow up well somewhere. at the moment well no the, in the labs it's like in the lab it's more that the various different ways they have managed to make it happen are on a really school, small scale and putting a huge amount of energy so in. It's not energy efficient. So it's it's just not working. Like it's not working in a way that could then be used properly. But for the first time in this experiment, it's like um, they used uh at the National Ignition Facility. Uh, that sounds like something out of Monsters Inc. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, which is at the Lawrence Livermore National La- Laboratory in California. I don't know how, whether that's near or far away from us, but they used 192 enormous lasers according to this New York Times article, in a structure the size of a football stadium. F- um, oh, I misread that for a second. Uh, it said 192 enormous lasers in a structure the size of a football stadium fire at a small gold cylinder vaporizing it. It wasn't the size uh, of a football stadium fire? That's exactly what I read. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I read it as like, that's a weird yeah. unit of measurement. Like, it's like, like I heard of like, your fire? What you how many Nelson's columns fires. tall is that? Yeah. Like, it's a football yeah. stadium fire. <laughs> it's yeah, like, uh, naturally, naturally. That's how you measure an explosion. That's a lot of Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> so the size of a football stadium, uh, 192 enormous lasers fire at this small gold cylinder which vaporizes it. This generates an onslaught of X-rays, which rush inwards towards a fuel pellet, which is smaller than a peppercorn, uh, crushing the hydrogen inside into helium and releasing a burst of energy, which is effectively a miniature hydrogen bomb. Um, that's that was the concept, but for four years, um, the final step, the fusion of hydrogen atoms into helium, did not happen in significant quantity. And then last September, it finally did, and they've just ridden it up. Um, uh, it happened last September, and they've only just written up. It's science happens slowly. They Sci- take a while. Well, scientists type very slow. Notori- I mean, notoriously slow. I went to CERN since the last time I saw you guys. Oh, have you? Quite, yeah, it's quite interesting. I went there once. Large Hadron Collider. It's great. Oh wow! You How'd you there? get in there? Did you actually get to go through the collider itself? Because when no, we I went, didn't. that bit was closed. We only got to go to this in the museum bits. We went to the museum bit because you're not. They weren't allowed. You weren't allowed to do it. I, it was actually a gig I was to, uh, uh, out in um, the one in Geneva, Chamonix. Okay, yeah, the exact. La- I was doing that exact same gig when myself and Eric Lampere both went. We My forgot. Flight was, we, was delayed, so I was uh, like, "Fuck it, I'm going to go to CERN." We were going to have another day of skiing. Yeah. And we thought, Fuck "Is that it, one we'll of those gigs where they partly pay you in ski?" That's exactly tickets? what the deal That's was. Great. It they they give you uh, a sort of a small amount of cash, and then but they basically pay you in. We'll take you skiing. And we'll you get give you all the equipment. And yeah, I'm in the Alps for work. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, right. And then wow. we got to go and see CERN. So you. Yeah, there's, there's, it's really cool. If you get the chance to go, the museum bits are completely free, and they've got they've got as well as the stuff related to the collider. They've got some other amazing things from like they've it's got the first yeah. they've got like the World Wide Web box that like the first computer, computer server that hosted the original World Wide Web. That's there now in a little and display the, case. The, the tubes connected it's not, to it's that. It's not a little yeah. display case. It's, it's a fairly yeah. It's a. Well, it's quite a significant. And they've got like the first um, mini uh, particle accelerator, which is tiny as. Well, which is again about the size of one of these tiles on this table. Really? Uh, Why did, yeah, well, I've always I've always been able to carry mine in my pocket. <laughs> You've got a little particle center. Yeah, I always find it's good to have with you. You know. But yeah, you think that they, they would get small. I mean, not that this is the equivalent of other kinds of technologies, but like you would think that the first particle center, it had to be the size of <laughs> it Texas, was the size <laughs> of a house, and yeah. now they've got it so small. But um, they're huge. It's now. The I mean, size yeah. of a speaking spell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But they're getting bigger, not smaller. They're getting bigger, and they're putting more energy in. Uh, 
And they're it is a pretty cool place, though. They, it, and they've got all kinds of, and they, they explain everything in real idiot-proof terms. Yeah. So oh yeah, they've I got like fine. <laughs> they've got um, displays that are designed for kids where you're like build your own collider and you're like clicking and dragging the pieces into place and a little animation of particles go round in circles cool. and you're like now I understand science like anthropomorphic uh, subatomic particles <laughs> exactly. like, hey I'm gonna crash but don't worry about me here's a little Jimmy Neutrino <laughs> <laughs> he's got some theories um, that's great so it said that the, uh, the the key to all this is like getting more energy out than you put in or else there's no point right yeah so which is kind of you want to cross right your football field laser system is probably a bit well, they said it's yeah, it, a it crazy did, thing to imagine. Like this thing again, the size of a football stadium, 192 lasers all firing at a basically the, something the size of a an ant. It's like a gum commercial. <laughs> One of those stride commercials. Those are nuts, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I think I do, but I'm laughing anyway. I'm not totally no, we, sure we that have, I do. We have very uh, uh, here in the states. We have very epic. Very epic gum commercials. Oh, wow. Um, Is Stride one of the ones that like also like whitens your teeth? What? It's like the dubstep gum commercials. Like you pop it in your mouth and suddenly... Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then you're in a room full of weird graphite balls that change with the music. Awesome. It's bananas, man. This episode is brought to you by Stride Gum. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and Squarespace, which we should probably, oh, we should, probably should. But yeah, Absolutely Squarespace is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, you want yeah, you, portfolio, maybe? If you guys didn't already hear in the last episode, we did post a bunch of pictures from uh, the San Francisco Live episode over at our site, probablysites.com. Was, was it difficult to post those pictures, Andy? It's very easy. It's a really? drag and drop interface. You really? Can, and there's a lot of different ways you can configure <laughs> your pages. You can have, you can use template. The funny thing is, uh, I was talking to... Don't this look is, at us like that, Wendy. Totally I know how many this commercials you've done the voiceovers I was talking I'm to. I'm upfront about the voiceovers. <laughs> I'm always amazed in America on the radio. They just slide. I'll tell you what. I want to tell you a little bit about. Let me tell you about. And I'm like Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Wait, they, why are you slipping in stories about about Squarespace? Your new they're car? wonderful. <laughs> it harkens back to like old time. I used to listen to radio shows as a kid a lot, and like the, I kind of, it was charming. They didn't have ads. They were just like uh, uh, golden flower biscuit. Like the person <laughs> yeah. that, as they're doing the show. Yeah, I did. I found old TV shows as well, which we never had because the first TV in Britain was the BBC. BBC, which wasn't commercial, but old American TV shows. Yeah. Where they just have just, a, the products on display on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, you, no, where they're like doing their sketches and then it just cuts the across the future. They've got like kind of like product placement and stuff, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. they? But I remember once seeing it and being astonished at the, one of the um, interviews before the Oscars, and it was Naomi Watts. And you know, when you see something, you think, did that just happen or am I? Right. right. And um, Naomi once went, um, just they were talking about nothing and she was sitting there all quiet and they're talking about dresses and all the sort of stuff they talk about before the Oscar ceremony starts. And Naomi once went, let me tell you a little bit about how I got here tonight. I got here tonight in a Toyota Prius and lots of my <laughs> friends are driving. And you know, you're going, hang on a minute. This is gross. Hang on a minute. Is she really, and lots of my friends, Leonardo DiCaprio drives one. And she was like listing off all the celebrities. And then you think, Right, so that's you got another free car Did for you get one year. free car for that? Yeah, that's <laughs> wow, that's wow. But what I was going to say, I wonder was, if she's got I, her own website. <laughs> <laughs> she should be. She using did. Squarespace. I believe she put it together on a Squarespace. She used Squarespace. Oh wow! wow. She, oh, I, I, I mean, was, if she'd used the uh, promotion SpongeBob code, probably Squarespace. science, uh, she would have got ten percent off. That's true. <gasps> what an idiot! Don't we? No <laughs> credit card. Yeah, no credit card needed to sign up. You can either go to probably science. You can either go to squarespacecom slash science or just enter the offer code probably science at checkout. But um. I was going to say, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a graphic designer. Um, this is like last year. I think we were doing something with uh, the Bridgetown site. And I was asking about what her opinion of, of these kinds of uh, of companies. And I was talking about Squarespace. How it has like the template-based system where you can have stuff that looks like a professional did it. Sure. And she was like begrudgingly admitting like, 
Yeah, they actually are pretty good. Like it's because it sucks because you know if you're a graphic designer, or web designer, you would make a lot of money. You charge someone a lot of money to design a slick looking site. But sure. like she's like, yeah, those are. Actually- but now they can do all that stuff with computers. <laughs> but I'm right. saying even like, but yeah, to have something that looks that looks nice, yeah. you would spend a lot normally. But like you can pick from dozens of I'm templates sure they have. Like that the all look- will still get their like hand carved artisan right. website. Exactly, but Absolutely, you can have a yeah. really good lo- looking site with no design experience on your own and just being like, this one is cool, and click on that, and then it's, configure. I mean, like, yeah, still a certain amount of design experience is handy, just so you don't have like. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it, like, it's more if you have good taste, you can just have a good your voice. That was an accurate representation of the square Squarespace I use. I feel. I feel. The, uh, <laughs> I find it quite hard to put photos on my blog. Today, I, I did a, a. I went and shot a gun in LA for the first time yeah. ever, and tried to put a photograph of the LA Gun Club one. It took you me about should. three hours. You know, thousands of other people shot guns in LA today. Did they? And they got arrested they went for it. To did Squarespace they? and started sites to dedicate to. to I don't know. Yes, but probably sites uh, dot com is powered by Squarespace. You can check that out if you like. Absolutely, you can do that kind of stuff yourself. And 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 we, the other thing that might be easy in in the time is producing abundant energy from this process. I'm trying to get it back. It, it's yeah. basically, it's, it's got to the point as well, which they're excited about, is that the helium then heated the surrounding hydrogen, but it still hasn't got to the point where that sort of chain reaction happens, where which is the next step. Yeah. Which the what scientists happens in this like happens? Well, the scientists in this likens it to striking a match and then using that to light a piece of wood. Um, okay. And that's what then produces the energy. So that... You need it to get to the point where, which we have for nuclear fission and have for a long time, where you can control that chain reaction to the point that you you need it to get to the point where one bit of it makes the next bit happen, mm-hmm. uh, akin to already having a fire, and then you can put more fuel on there and it the fire like keeps a, going. Like some kind of some kind of chain reaction. A chain reaction, exactly. But also, you need to be able to control it so that it doesn't then. Did Diana Ross not sing about that? That's exactly what... It's a little known fact that Diana Ross's songs are mostly about physics. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, she's, she's big on uh, fission. And, yeah. But this is, still, this is still a cool story because energy... Uh, energy is the biggest problem in the world. Like, I, energy production, if you can find a way to produce abundant, yeah. cheap energy, then you've solved the vast majority of the Most world's problems. Of the world's yeah. problems. Like global warming, sorted... Water sorted because if you have abundant energy, you can purify water yeah. from anywhere. Like oh, so, that's a good point. Yeah, like nearly every problem in the world. I'm uh, trying to think of some way that humans will still muck it up in the same way that we've oh, mucked up the fact that we have plenty of food to feed everyone, but we can't. But you choose get not, that. And there'll be corporations not. that will try and like, oh, hang on a second, we're not in control of this. How do we right. make? How, how do, do we, we monetize <laughs> the fact that everyone can have backyard stills <laughs> yeah. of energy? Here. You know what yeah. I think about it is like, remember how uh, you guys ever see Catch Me If You Can? Or read yeah, it, of course. the Frank Abagnale yeah. thing is, is I'm sure we all had the thought like, oh, if I was around then, I would have done that. That's so easy. <laughs> it's so hard, but yeah, yeah, it's right. But like, you know, some any sort of scam uh, before computers or something like that, or it was like, easier, certainly. easier yeah. the way the way you could get away with things. Um, and I always think, like, sure, I'm John Lennon. <laughs> right? Or, like, or, yeah. Or even yeah, exactly. Have or you even, ever seen John Lennon? <laughs> or e- even like early, early computer hackers, you know. And you always think, oh, that would have been so easy just to do things like that. We used to be able to get free phone calls by blowing a whistle down the line. Yeah, the, yeah. Phone, the phone freaks. If you had, like, the recorded, you know, recorded uh, there was a, order dropping. There was a tone. And, in fact, I think Steve Jobs, I think, was part of that community. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. Um, yeah. doing stuff like that. But, um, the, the way the exchange worked, there were tones that tones sent that different signals. And, yeah. and there was one particular pitch that basically, I think you phoned a free number, like the operator. 
and then you blew from a payphone and then you you blew a whistle. How did people find that out? Well, they found out what tone it was and then someone else discovered that I think there was some whistle that was being given away from a box of cereal, like as a kid's toy. So yeah. That random. happened to be at the exact pitch that was necessary. Yeah, yeah. My uh, point let's see, the, the tone was discovered in 1957 by Joe Ingrescia, a blind seven-year-old boy. Ingrescia was gifted with perfect pitch, and he discovered that whistling the fourth E above middle C, a frequency of 2600 hertz, would stop a dialed phone recording. Unaware wow. of what he'd done, he called the phone company and asked why the recordings had stopped. This was the beginning of his love of exploring the telephone system. Other early freaks, such as, quote, Bill from New York, began to develop a rudimentary understanding of how phone networks worked. He discovered a recorder that a recorder he owned could also play the tone at 2600 hertz with the same effect. Um, and then, yeah, uh, he discovered through his friendship with that um, blind kid that the free whistles given out in Captain Crunch Captain cereal Crunch. boxes also yeah. produced 2600 hertz tones. Yeah. Because um, I remember at home in the UK, we used to have, um, like, the, in the old phones when I was a kid, you, have, you used to have to sort of press the receiver to the, the two buttons down to get the phone to, you know, when you lift the phone off the receiver and it would pop up and yeah. then you could make a call. My granddad used to put a lock on the phone so that we couldn't actually dial out. This was before you. So the, you could dial by pushing the receiver, though. But you could dial by doing the tapping. The, the tapping we talked about that on this episode. And, oh, really? and, uh, yeah, and we had various listeners email and tweet us with, like, yeah. oh, I used to do that as well. Where you, my yeah, da- I my granddad working. couldn't figure out how he was still getting phone calls. We were like, four, four. <laughs> yeah, seven. you just tap it that number of times quickly and, <laughs> yeah. and it clicks that number of times. Yeah. But then we always used to get crossed lines. Do you ever get crossed lines in the States? Where I've heard of that concept. I don't think I've ever experienced yeah, we, it. Yeah, I remember you getting that. I guess maybe the British exchange worked in a different system where oh, sometimes... It's like probably backward knowing Britain. You're just here. You're connected also you're, both to your conversation and to somebody else's? Or? Yeah, you suddenly hear someone else you, talking. You, you connect, it's almost like um, having two people sitting side by side and you can hear and you always thought the person that was having the other conversation you'd be like, shh, we've got a cross line. Like the person that was talking they, was going to be way more interesting. Oh, the but fact they that could you were hear ra- you. Yeah, it's you could both way. hear each other. So you, okay, you'd go, you yeah. we've got a cross line. So you, you could both stop and you'd both be trying to hear what the other person was saying. And you're probably both talking about something really inane. Yeah, yeah. But you always thought the other people were going to solve a crime. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's how the whole like swinging 60s started was because of cross lines. <laughs> Just what do you guys want to do about this? I don't know. You want to get together? Mm-hmm. I definitely <laughs> snooped a lot in my own house, tried to like quietly pick up another line and to hear someone's conversation. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it always, and then yeah. your parents would go, get off the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Fu- I'm not doing it. Do you, you guys ever call someone? I'm not touching you, can't be annoyed. I'm not touching you, can't be annoyed. Did you guys ever call someone with your modem? You know, the, oh, the early no. dial-up yeah, modems, yeah. but you could, you're actually calling the internet. You could put in any number and call someone and they just hear the sound of the internet when oh, they pick I hate up. that noise. It really freaks people out. Uh, my, so, so my, yeah, my point being, it's pretty good, right? the way that we would look back at my point being, the way we would look back at stuff like that and think, oh, how easy was that, is we already do have abundant, infinite energy, and we're just being morons. I think we're just being morons We have like abundant inf- uh, information, kind of, the equivalent, what are you saying? Infinite, Sorry. no, energy. Energy. We're not infinite, but we abundant. I feel like the, the sun's energy, things like that, we have infinite but energy. But we haven't harnessed we could, it. We no, have, we haven't, yeah, yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying wind is it's going to be... Wind really big in France at the minute. There's lots of um, wind turbines going up. Sure, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I, f- I feel like I feel like decades we'll, from now, people we'll are going to look back anyway. and be like, oh, how good did they have it? And they still fucked it up. <laughs> Wait, what That's would be good about us compared parents. to the future, you think? Like what? Uh, well, we definitely, as far as like fossil fuels go, we have an abundance of that. Yeah, we have that more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're only going to be running out of energy. The more, and the more people that exist. Well, unless this, we just hope this kind of technology we're talking about outpaces the stripping of the... Uh, yeah, you because know, again, if you have, if, if that uh, thing works fuels. and you have... A, 
almost unlimited amount of as long as that happens before we're totally out of oil then everyone will be driving electric cars right and or those Flintstone cars, they'd be good. They would be good. <laughs> right. When we run out of fuel, that'll be the only thing that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in these, ti- um, what are they, ti- tiny tikes? Yeah. <laughs> then you'll have to hear Naomi Watts. You know so what I pedaled it- here? <laughs> you know what I pedaled here today? I let me pedal what I pedaled here <laughs> Right, right. Someone, uh, someone made a roadworthy adult-sized little tikes car. Oh, no way. It was on the news recently. Some guy, like, I don't know, some hobbyist spent a, a large amount of time and a huge amount of money making a little tykes car that he could drive around <laughs> wow. I, quite like that. I like that legal. dedication yeah, yeah. yeah and, and like that dedication that what do you then do with it you get like you're a local news story and you, <laughs> yeah. you get on like buzzfeed for a day and then he's like i plan to use it to raise money for charity i think he's gonna like drive it from land's end to john o'groats or something like that oh really hmm. what was his job <laughs> what should he have been doing when he was doing this i wasn't that people with real jobs could he was, send uh, you he's a the funny prime email minister and you're like, of england <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's David Cameron he actually spent the, the last the three years doing that. Through the floods, his name is uh, John Bitmead, and um, John Bitmead. it took him about sixty-six hundred U.S. dollars to build in a thousand hours. Wow! And what is his Time job? Well spent. In one thousand hours, I will um, build a <laughs> clock's ticking down. I'm not sure what his regular profession is. Um, it's one of those people who just gets described as enthusiastic. Yeah, <laughs> not an inventor. He's not that yeah. high. No, he's, but an, he's enthusiast. an enthusiast. Yeah, quirky enthusiasts human. are my favorite people. <laughs> In my favorite. If you can be described as an enthusiast, yeah. on board. I'll hang out with you. You know that Mitch Hedberg joke about that? He's like, I like to boat. People like to boat are called boating enthusiasts. I like to boat, but I never want to be referred to as an enthusiast. You can just call me a guy who likes to boat. Right. <laughs> Oh, Hedberg. Oh, boy. Oh, coming up on the 10-year anniversary. No, it's in a year. In a year. Sorry. No, he died in... Uh, 2005. It wasn't 2004? It was uh, the end of March of 2005, because I started doing stand-up the day after he died. It was the first open mic I went to. You're like, yeah, there's an open spot now. open spot. Yeah, they've been waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> one in, one out. I'll step in. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> there is a strict one in, one out policy. I had been doing stand-up for two weeks when he died. Really? He what? Was, he was the first comic I ever saw live. So you started the scene time I started? Yeah. And you just got much better, faster. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, we, we No, I started in uh, Nashville, and I remember, yeah, he was the first comedian I ever saw live. It was Hedberg, it was and it was, he died two weeks later. Did you, did well, you Oh, you saw him thing? towards the end. I saw him, he was a mess. Yeah, he wasn't great towards the end, was he? He was a mess. I went to both shows, because uh, you know, it, was a, it was an early show, late show situation on a Saturday. The early show he did about twenty minutes. The late show he did like an hour and a half, and was ordering, was ordering like pint glasses of vodka. Oh God! With just vodka. Oh my God! And was like laying down on the stage and just, you know, the audience would sort of finish his act for him. But it was also the audience. I mean, his you know his crowds were very enabling. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was, it was his persona was cute. is that I'm a shot. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. and, but it was kind of like. And I didn't know anything about it. I was, yeah, I was. I like the idea of audiences being enablers. <laughs> I think a lot of audiences yeah. are huge enablers. You know, like um, Stanhope's crowds and Dave Attell's crowds. Yeah. It'd be really hard to get sober with. Yeah, those I was going to say Attell got sober. That's got to be weird. Because yeah, when he goes on tour, people think he's still doing insomnia. I was like, no, I'm not going to go. People on are still with you. sending like, him Jaeger bombs yeah. on stage. He's like, I can't stop doing this, please. Have you seen? There's a thing. There's a phenomenon on Facebook in the UK. I don't know if it's over here yet. Neck called nomina- neck nomination. Neck nomination. Yeah. Three deaths. I thought it was UK. five now. Wait, oh really? Five. Yeah. 
What's it called? Neck nomination. nominate. So what you do is you the go... The Necronomicon? Next. Are we talking Cthulhu? You neck, you neck a drink on... Neck and nominate. So you say, here's my own special drink. I'm going to put gin, vodka, uh, white wine, whatever, crazy mix. And then okay. you down, and you down it. it. And you say, and I nominate... Uh, Jesse and Matt and you know and then they have to and you tag them in the Facebook status then they have to drink that drink and then invent their own and put it if and they do live. video of that it's not like a horrendous that change. Yeah. yeah yeah um so that is five that is horrendous. I didn't realize I, was I remember yeah. the first point that I sort of realized I wasn't a student anymore I was like a grown up like I was an adult mm-hmm. was when I was doing Reading University I was about 23 and I still kind of felt like I'm I'm one of these guys uh, I was still like kind of you know I was still like on the same level as them and I had a pint on stage it was just a pint of lager you and one of them just started going like down it down it mm. and I just went no <laughs> like I just said like I said no I'm a grown up and I bought that drink to enjoy it <laughs> and, I just, and then I carried on with my set it won't be bullied did you get a you. laugh for saying I'm a grown up <laughs> I think I, yeah, yeah bigger bigger than I really wanted to be honest <laughs> that was the biggest laugh of the set and then I, I just had to finish oh, on that like, isn't, like, isn't that yeah. a bummer isn't that a bummer when the 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 off-sided self-deprecation or, or something you didn't even know was self-deprecating kills <laughs> I hate you, that you know what I mean uh, I'll say something yeah. like you know and I was uh, like I had something the other night where it was I was literally like yeah, and you know, I was like uh, making out with this girl, and just it destroyed. <laughs> no. I'm just like, what? Why? Why is it, why is it the funny part? <laughs> I once said at the comedy store in London, I was having a pretty average gig, and I went, you know, sometimes you say what's in your head when you think I should just think this, but sometimes your mouth jumps in and goes, "Don't sure. worry, I got it." Sure. And I said, "Oh, this is going well." And it got a huge laugh. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I should just get off. <laughs> no. Uh. <laughs> On that. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking good segue. Speaking of, yeah, good speaking segue. Of, speaking of which, get off, Wendy. Uh, no, no, no. Um, do you have any shows coming up in the next? Yeah, what do you have that people can catch I up before do. you leave? I'm doing. Um, I think Sherlock's on it. I was. I did. Uh, I'm in the new season of Sherlock. Oh yeah, oh, wow. I should watch that. What? It's already come out in the UK. It's, it's come out in the UK. It's been on here once already. I think it's on again. They're repeating it. And I've you're got the second episode of this one. The second episode, sign awesome. three. Awesome. That's incredible. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Okay, for Wendy and that. Did you get to hang with Benny? I did get to hang with Benedict. He's a very nice chap. Really? Yeah. Very nice, nice one. So, um, um, I'm sorry I ruined everything about halfway through. It made it real weird. <laughs> <laughs> I literally... No, I no, literally... No, it's okay. It's because you're creepy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally... Um, I, I, and I'm being dead serious. This is obviously... This is no excuse for be, for awful jokes. But I have been phasing in and out of a fever all day coming down <laughs> off this cold. And sometimes it's just... I just... Things just get blurry and out of it. And about okay. uh, about 45 minutes ago, I just, you know... I just went for it. <laughs> I had one of those moments where, where your mouth's like, I got this. Like I had a moment Stand you're talking back. about. Yeah, where it's like, brain, take yeah. it you yeah. take it easy, man. Seat, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm this one out. I'm good. I'm yeah. just gonna take the reins on this puppy for a while. And then uh and and then I just sort of, you know, came back to about twenty minutes ago and you're all just at a different table. My mic's off and I'm just sitting here. <laughs> that happens to me way more than it should. Um, like the country song, let fever take the wheel, right? That's the uh, that's and, hilarious. Our listeners can find you as well. Well, on Twitter at, at are you Wendy uh, underscore Wendy underscore Wayson. Don't tweet Wendy Wayson because she's um, a realtor in San Francisco. What is up with our Scottish <laughs> guests having not, not being able to get their actual well, Scotland? Karen get Gillan can't name. get Karen, Karen Gillan. She has Karen, Karen Gillan, Gillan too. Oh, really? And the person who has Karen Gillan has tweeted twice. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just she's not that. using it. sitting it on that name yeah. and not even using it. 
But yeah, I'm Wendy underscore Wayson. I'm also in Santa Monica next week, I think. How many people are showing up to like real estate conferences all pissed off yeah. there's no comedy? Shit. With a Sherlock DVD and a pen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nice red blazer. Just <laughs> 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 <This> asshole actors. <laughs> uh, where, where are you, where's the Santa Monica gig? Is that at the Westside Comedy Theater? Yeah, unnecessary Evil. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Westside Comedy Theatre. Westside Comedy Theatre. Yeah, fun show. My husband always has a go because whenever anyone says to me, so where are you gigging? I'm like, yeah, some, somewhere around soon. Somewhere I'm, I'm on, I'll be, t- I'll be chatting. <laughs> I'll follow you, follow, follow you on Twitter and then yeah, you'll tweet out when tweet you go. And I'll tweet it, yes. Yeah. I promise to tweet it. And as always, uh, tweet us at Probably Science. Uh, write nice things about us on iTunes and give us nice ratings and subscribe if you don't already subscribe. And if you go on the website, uh, you can find the donation button if you want to donate. And also the Amazon mm-hmm. affiliates link if you want to buy anything on Amazon. And you just click on that link first. Then we get a little commission. It costs you no extra. Uh, we've now got links for Britain, Canada, and America. Someone asked about Australia. And as someone else about oh, we don't have Australia. Oh, we yet. can't do Australia. I, can't. I looked on oh, Amazon's okay. website, can't and it looks it. like Australia doesn't do the same thing. I just emailed a listener a link to our Amazon page and didn't even look at it. I'm like, of course we have Australia on there. I just sent the link. Oh, so sorry, listener. Sorry, that sorry for that, listener. We no, we've got Canada, America, and Britain. Um, as with science, is important to research. Yeah, I don't, I don't really read things. I just copy and paste. I just go with my gut. <laughs> I'm more of an instinctual scientist. <laughs> Uh, so you can you can do that uh, as always. We love your. Sorry, you didn't get to all of the stories that you guys emailed in. We love seeing them, and we'll we'll tweet them out. And uh, uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Yep. Yeah, bye guys. Bye.